there, folks, and welcome to episode 83 of Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. My name is Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B. Follow Eddie, my co-host, my friend, my producer, Eddie Cornelison at EDDYC85. Follow the show on Twitter at EC underscore Hero. Check out our Instagram, EC HeroCast. Gmail is EC HeroCast at gmail.com. The recording date is the late, late hours of October 19th. This, of course, is episode 83, and Eddie, today we are really getting into the MCU for the first time, for sure, because today, tonight, we're here to review Iron Man. That's right, Iron Man. We'll we'll have the debate next week if if Hulk was truly the first, but this, undoubtedly, is the first, as we'll see in the end credits. Yes, absolutely. So the first thing we're going to do, we're going to go right into the time capsule. Now, this was released on May 2nd, 2008. The number one song here in the United States at the time was Lollipop by Lil Wayne. Banger, mm. bro. First I heard of Lil Wayne. Oh, man. that I'm try, I don't know. That's not the first I've heard of him, but that was, uh, that was a big song. That was a big yeah, song. For sure. Now, your champions in wrestling at the time were, on Raw, you had Triple H, the WWE champion. You had ECW champion and legend Kane. Of course, everyone remembers that run. Uh, Who could forget? Exactly. On SmackDown, the World Heavyweight Championship was vacant. It was in the midst, uh, held up in the midst of an Edge and Undertaker feud, which would culminate that year in Hell in a Cell, actually. It wasn't actually for the title, but... Undertaker came back after being quote unquote banished. Hell in a Cell at SummerSlam, really good match, man. Yeah, I I probably remember it. I just have to think. Yeah. Um. Let's see here in TNA wrestling, your TNA World Heavyweight Champion was Samoa Joe. This uh, fresh off that title win against Kurt Angle. Yeah, back when, back when it looked like they just might do it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Your Ring of Honor World Champion, and this was an iconic run, nearly close to two years, Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. The, uh, well, I'll tell you, I saw Nigel's uh, debut in Ring of Honor. You did? I did. Yeah. It was, uh, see, I was rooting for his opponent. I'd never even heard of Nigel McGuinness. And, uh, who was his opponent? His. His opponent was a guy named Chet the Jet Jablonski. <laughs> we saw him at a uh, HWA Heartland Wrestling. If you remember, it was like the uh, the minor leagues to OVW. And uh, yeah, I thought Heartland was that oh, Heartland would have been in Ohio territory, I assume. Yeah, it was based out of Cincinnati, and oh, oh that's where Mott trained. Yeah, and and. OVW never left Kentucky. I don't think OVW's ever been to Ohio, even though it's in their name. But yeah. Heartland was based out of Cincinnati. But they toured mostly in that area. But one particular weekend, they got a eh, decent distance of London, Ohio. So yeah. uh, a friend of mine, and then also a friend of the show, Eli, went. He just randomly picked Chet Jablonski as his favorite. And even though Matt Stryker was... Uh, the big draw at this show. Although he did, he, he actually no showed. I uh, I forgot, and we were like, "Oh, f Matt Striker," and uh, that's carried on to this very day. But yeah, and it's like Chet was actually very good. He was awesome, and 
we got his autograph and met him after the show. He, we we had the um, it was like only a couple months later when we saw him at Ring of Honor and uh, he remembered us when we when he looked and saw us in the crowd and uh, got signed to OVW. Did a few matches on Velocity, but you know didn't uh, didn't pan out. But whatever. Too bad uh, there was no AEW and he could have. I guess there was TNA, so I, he. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me ask: if I if I walk out of Iron Man early, would the ending still be good? If you walked out of Iron Man early. Yeah, if I like went to the theaters, like, oh, this better be a good movie, and then like an hour in, I'm like, oh, this isn't what I expected. Then I leave. Would the ending still be good? Well, I'm not referencing anything that happened today, October 19th, at all. <laughs> Think you would? Uh, I think you'd be kicking yourself if if you did that. Yeah, you'd be a real asshole if you did that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I <sighs> I would never. It's funny, by the way, and we're gonna know what we're talking about, and those in the group are gonna know what we're talking about. But this is gonna come out in what two weeks? Yeah. So we'll we'll see how things end up from here. It'll be interesting to figure out what happened if all momentum shifted and the wheels fell off or if they recovered, but Hey, it's whatever. Yeah. Well, look, um, like I said, no one, no one thought it would be a sweep. So, I mean, you know, mm. it's close either, either way. Sorry. No, it's all right. You have the figures for this particular movie before we, or no, <sighs> we, we forgot, uh, our history, what we were up to. Uh, uh, I was actually – this was around the time I started calling high school baseball. I was still in seventh grade at the time. So that's when I really first got the bug for public speaking and part of the reason why I do this podcast today. Oh, how about that? Yeah. So I'll hit the pause button on school because I've actually got a uh, pretty great story next week about a um, – well, we've all seen YouTube videos of just – nut job professors i had one and we'll get to him next week but uh so this around this time this was what uh may 2008 yes so i was a month away sorry a month after my 23rd birthday and this is this is one of those times where i just wish i uh saved some photos from myspace instead i just nah whatever dismissed it but man that was a, a hell of a party and uh i gotta say though um it's 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 a great story the ending might leave you a little dissatisfied but regardless it was a my 23rd birthday knew the bar manager of sky bar which is now a lab of all things so r.i.p and yeah, got a VIP area for $50, which if you know anything about that, it's a hell of a deal. Got a waitress, and she had a trainee, and just, uh, yeah, bottle service, pretty great. Um, remember just dancing with the waitress and then waving, o- just simply waving over the, the trainee uh, who was just standing there, and it's like, I mean, honestly, if, uh, you're you're honestly better looking than the waitress, and they're both, uh, you know, pretty great. So yeah, it was uh, it's a big time alpha move by me. It's probably the first time I decided 
yes, I I think I am an alpha, and that's uh, much like you um, discovering your love for for you know broadcasting at seventh grade. I that was the year that I determined yes, I am a a dominant male. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, you are an alpha. Yes, as I sound, and yes, I'm aware it sounds douchey as possible. That's the point, but. Uh, yeah, and then met some some nice ladies from uh, Trinidad and Tobago, and they were in town for work, staying at the hotel uh, downtown. And when I went to go cash out, I come back, and they're just gone. I don't know what happened. They're like Dodger fans. They just left before the they left before the home run. Like, yeah. what the hell? Where'd you yeah, go? And I, I don't real, I don't get real it. Real yeah, I don't know. I at first I thought like maybe they were like gold diggers, but it's like they mentioned they worked in oil, so I'm like, well, they probably got more money than me. So, <laughs> and then another friend suggested, what if they just used us for the VIP area? I'm like, yeah, that's possible, but it's a weird thing to do. I think I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like we bought them drinks, but like, you know. Again, wish I had the MySpace photos, but any guy in there would have bought him drinks. And, uh, so, I don't know. Maybe they did just use us, but uh, I'd have been fine being used some more. I mean, you know, the night was, you know, it was only 2 a.m. Jeez. Anyway, that's what I was up to at this time. So, uh, great story. Disappointing ending, but, you know, you can't win them all. <laughs> yes, don't we know? Uh, budget. Oh uh, yeah, budget was 140 million. Yep. Box office was 585.8. That leads to a profit of 445.8 million. That's right, and we it's, it's cracked the top five. Four, mm-hmm. four, yeah, 445.8. Just beat out Batman. Although the inflation 568.1 million. Batman stills pretty strong 783. Which is actually a third, no fourth, but uh, yeah, still a, a a home run for for. Uh, I didn't mean to say home run. I'm sorry, but a a great uh, showing for Iron Man. A a um, a real touchdown. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Oh, uh, what did the uh, fans and the critics rate this? High. Very high. We got critics, 94%. I'd like to see the six that were like, no, not for me. <laughs> uh, and then fans, 91%. So about as uh, good as you're going to get. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. Um, I guess, what, we go into the cast next, right? Cast, yeah. Not... Uh, not a huge cast to choose from, but no. I guess uh, who do you want to start with? Uh, the weirdo herself, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I thought she did pretty good. I thought her chemistry with uh, Robert Downey Jr. was very good. Uh, yes. I liked that. Um, she's got like a. a She's, she is, I guess, an assistant, but also more of like a, a take charge attitude, not a, um, not a, what we say, not a chase meridian. 
Yeah, no, she's not a she's not a Chase Meridian or a Mary Jane Watson, but I would say she is closer to uh, Jenny Blake. Yeah, that's good. Old Pepper Potts, double yep. P. Yep, PP. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could date a girl named Pepper Potts though. That's that's tough. I mean, that's a bit much. It's, it's it's on Wikipedia. It shows Virginia. And then nicknamed Pepper Potts, but like that means you're willingly going by Pepper. I don't know. It's like, what are we in the 1920s? Come on, no one calls themselves Pepper. Yeah, no that that is a weird nickname. Thank you. Um, let's see. How about Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane? Well, look, I love Jeff Bridges, but it is wild to me to see him so emotional. When, like, the movie I most love him for, he's so aloof throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I I mean, look, he looks like a villain. Uh, uh-huh. So that's great. He, um... I liked... I mean, yeah, you're right, because you associate him with the, the role of the dude. And it's like, this is such a stark, no pun intended, difference between that role... But he plays it really well. It's it's like a good contrast from what we always see, where it's like uh, Doctor Doom or Green Goblin is the uh, CEO and they're pushed out by their board. And it's like, well now, excuse me, Obadiah is the the board, so it's uh, pushes out their CEO. So a little different. I liked that. Um, we'll get to one more before the main event. Peter Billingsley as William Riva. What do we think of old Peter from uh, our movie Arcade? Um, he didn't hardly do anything. He had one scene. He's like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, he got yelled at. So. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, uh, this those like he runs in, uh, he runs in good circles. Like he runs with uh, Vince Vaughn, who obviously runs with John Favreau. So helped him out a little bit, you know. Yeah, no, I I only bring it up just because uh, I love the fact when our the podcast reflects real life completely by accident, and uh, this was another incident, so had to bring yeah. it up. Yeah, sure. Um, he's only here for one movie. Terrence Howard is James Rhodes. Well, you know what? When it comes to like making Marvel money or solving math equations with new math you got to go where your heart leads you man yeah i thought he did fine but it's like i don't know don Cheadle's a great actor so it's hard for me to just be like i mean it's it's hard knowing what's coming <laughs> you know it's like don Cheadle's great i mean you know terrence howard's good but it's like it's don Cheadle. i mean i can't i can't uh can't um what am i trying to say like oh i can't be mad at uh the recast even though what we decided it was what uh terrence howard wanted more money and yeah disney's like uh we just can't afford it because we're we're a little tight on the budget because we're disney (laughs) (laughs) come on now we got to make money somehow yeah how will they uh and finally, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, Iron Man. Been waiting a long time to say that one. Yeah, this was like a uh, 
Like, he looks like Iron Man. Like, he oozes that for sure. Absolutely. This was... I know Mount Rushmore is just four people, but when we talk about just uh, perfect casting decisions, you got, you know, Danny DeVito as Penguin, you got um, Patrick Stewart as Professor X, and, and, and Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and... Who else did we decide? Oh, uh, even Kelsey Grammer is Beast. It was, it oddly was great. Yeah, maybe even two on the nose. But Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark just uh, nailed it. I mean, he is exactly uh, what I would want Tony Stark to, to be. So, yeah, loved it. Great. And with that said, what's your history with Iron Man, the character, and the movie. I don't really have much of a history with the character. I think I saw him, like, once, maybe in a cartoon. Like, that wasn't even his own show. Um, but the movie, I haven't... This is another one I've not actually seen in full until this past week when I watched it for the episode. Uh, yeah, so my history... So... Uh, with the, um, I almost said Spider-Man, but no, it was Iron Man. He guest starred in Spider-Man. And, yeah, he, that was, I mean, I knew about him, but that was probably my first introduction to him. And I don't remember if that was a, um, like, I don't remember if that was a, like a, what do you call it? One of those, um pilots where they like they debut a new character on a different show and then like if it goes well then they give them their own show uh but iron man and fantastic four had their own shows on fox along with uh, spider-man and x-men but mm-hmm. um what's interesting is what made spider-man and x-men great and then batman also on wb was they realized kids were kind of tired of the um, bad guy comes up with a plot. Good guy beats the bad guy because teamwork or whatever. Uh, you know, like I mean, it worked for Power Rangers, but Power Rangers was maybe the exception. But yeah, kids were a little tired of that. And Iron Man and Fantastic Four, like Iron Man's, uh, like his cartoony was with like Spider Woman and. Uh, Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch and a few others and it's like I guess that's okay but uh, they none of them got much character development it was all just very generic and same with Fantastic Four they were very kid friendly bad guy comes up with something good guy stop them and it wasn't working so they both came out with season two where it was much uh, darker in tone, much more serious. It wasn't the straight-up goofy plots, and it was like uh, in between seasons, like they wrote off like most of Iron Man's friends because it's like they just got tired of Tony Stark's you know arrogant attitude. It's like okay, something different, but fortunately, too much damage done in season one. They just didn't get enough viewers, but. It's on. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, I'd recommend skipping season one. It's boring and generic, but season two is. Uh, it's you know, I 
it's not long enough to say like, oh, it's up there with Spider-Man and X-Men, but uh, like they had something going. It's a shame they didn't debut with that, and then you know, who knows? We might be uh, that might be one of the uh, the Mount Rushmore of Eddie's childhood cartoons. But as far as the movie, I've seen it once. Now I've seen it twice, and I saw it in theaters. So it's hard to believe, but I just I don't know. Never. Uh, Saw it a second time. I did. Say, I will say this. Um, I I've mentioned on here. I collect movie posters. I stopped because I ran out of wall space. Uh, Iron Man had one movie poster. I nearly spent two hundred dollars on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't because at the end of the day, it's like it's really just a big piece of paper, so I yep. couldn't. But it was a supposedly yeah. a rare movie poster and. It was just a close-up. Like, half the poster was just a close-up on half the Iron Man helmet. And it just looked really, really cool. I was like, man, that's that's such a badass poster. I need it. And it's like, I just can't justify $200 on a poster. And, uh, yeah. Maybe it's come down in price. I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll check. But uh, it's probably sold out. That was many, many years ago. But, yeah, it was, uh, I almost did it. But I didn't. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah, I understand. I mean, $200 for a poster is a bit excessive. Yeah, it's just very cool looking, even though uh, it's really just the helmet. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we can go into the plot then. All righty. Let's see. So, we uh, we open in the Middle East where Tony Stark is on a military convoy. It gets attacked. And in another dimension, he's saved by Killmonger, but not this one. No, not quite. No. He's uh, actually blown up by one of his own bombs. It uh, doesn't kill him, but it looks like it would have uh, given him a, I guess, massive heart injury. I don't know. Maybe trauma. Uh, to the heart, yeah, from the, from the force. So I'm trying uh, to bring logic into a hero movie. It's not necessarily a good idea. I know. Um, so he's ca- uh, kidnapped by some terrorists, and I liked this opening because it starts off with some action, and then we go 36 hours earlier. So if you're not familiar with the Iron Man character, now we get a little bit of a backstory on just who he is and why he is. Uh, out in the Middle East. So, uh, so who he is is Tony Stark. He was like a child genius, um, and he took over as CEO for his late father's company at age 21. Um, he graduated from college at like uh, I don't know 15 or something crazy, and of course he's not at the banquet. Because we get a little more insight into Tony or who Tony is, he's actually at the casino. He gives away the trophy to like a doorman. Um, Obadiah actually accepted the award, and then he gets he talks to a reporter. The reporter asks, uh, like some people call you a modern day Da Vinci. How do you respond? He had a great line <laughs> of, uh, "It's ridiculous. I don't paint." Yeah. Very quick witted. And then they have a whole they have a whole conversation him and this reporter. And she she ultimately asked, you know, do you lose an hour of sleep at night? And he says, well, I would love to lose a few with you. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, well, yeah, he did. 
Yep, for sure. Yeah, so he sleeps with her. Mm-hmm. Oh my Actually, gosh. He didn't sleep with her. He was up all night. I'm not watching the Red Sox game. What, what happened? No, nothing. Uh, okay. I just went to the movieposters.com to check out on the old uh, Iron Man poster. Yeah. Uh, let's just say if you bought it at 200 um, you, A steal, uh, huh? No, no. Well, I looked at first glance, and I was like, oh, man, I'm glad I waited. I'm going to buy it now. But uh, I missed a nine on that quick glance, and uh, it's quite a um, – let's just say it's gone up in value. It's uh, $549.99. <laughs> mm. But at quick glance, I looked, and I just saw $54.99. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. yes. I'm definitely doing that. Um, but, uh, yeah – 550, uh, there is zero chance of that happening. Let me go ahead and just send you this poster and uh, let me know what you think because I think it is like one of the coolest things. And of course, nothing wants to load. Uh, yes, here we go. Da, da, da. And don't worry, folks. I know it's bad radio. I'll put it on the Instagram. What's uh, EC Hero? Cast, I think, yeah, EC Hero Cast, Instagram. So, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's so awesome. You can see why I toyed with the idea of two hundred, five fifty is uh, absolutely not. Kind of makes me wish I had though, and I could sell it at five fifty. I probably would. So anyway, um, he sleeps with the reporter. Next day, he's on the way to his private jet. Uh, he heads to Afghanistan. He demonstrates a super powerful missile called the Jericho, which breaks down all the mountains. And the walls, yes. Yes. And uh, then we're back to him being captured by the terrorist group called the Ten Rings. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sure we won't see them ever again, but I'm curious kind of how you know he got caught, because I, I don't know, maybe there was a Judas in... Judas in his mind, or something. Well, there is a Judas in this movie, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he wakes up in a cave and realizes he's got a magnet device attached to his heart. And there's a doctor in the cave, too. He says the device, which is hooked to a car, char- car battery, is uh, keeping the metal shrapnel from entering his heart. Huh. I know. I'll just turn the magnet up a little more and suck it out of me altogether. Maybe if maybe if he did that, it would puncture his heart. I don't know. Let's just go with that. Uh, so the terrorists come in. They want Tony to build them a weapon, the Jericho missile, but he declines, so they torture him a bit. Then they take Tony outside. He sees all the terrorists in Afghanistan have taken all the American weapons, which uh, I'm just like, movie, come on. That's just not realistic. It would never happen in real life. <laughs> I have to draw the line somewhere. That's just not believable. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So the uh, terrorists say, "Build the Jericho missile, and if you do, we'll let we'll set you free." And the doctor that was with him was like translating this, and he's like, "Yeah, no, they won't." <laughs> but I mean, if he doesn't, they'll they'll definitely kill him. If he and Tony thinks to himself, well. I'm in the lab. I can build something to free myself. 
and uh, that's uh, a, as good a chance as any. So, so Tony decides to do it, and he first builds a small battery, which would power his heart for three lifetimes, or something huge for 15 minutes. Yeah. But, uh, I feel like he had to do that. You, you wouldn't get a lot done hauling this car battery along the lab. Yeah, but, I would agree. Yeah. So as construction continues, the terrorists get suspicious that what he's... Well, like, they look on the monitor and he's built something that wraps around his leg, and they're like, well, that's not a missile. <laughs> it's like some armor on his leg, and he's, like, checking it out, and they're like, what the hell is this? Um, so they threaten Tony, and uh, or else they'll kill the doctor, and he's like, no, no, I need him, he's my assistant. And they're like, fine, you have until tomorrow. So... Tony uh, Tony builds quite a bit. I'm guessing he didn't sleep at all, but he finishes what he was really working on, which is the prototype Iron Man suit, which I love because it's on the car, uh, comic the uh, the cover of the first Iron Man comic. And uh, we see they look on the camera again. Stark's missing, and they open the door, but Tony rigged up a bomb, which blows it up. More stuff he's been working on. <laughs> yeah. He built three things that would probably take most science... Well, he built three things that apparently, according to uh, our friend Nick from the arcade, are ones at least impossible to build. <laughs> so, Tony Stark. Very brilliant. Maybe he'll invent a time machine. So, the Doctor, uh, they're uploading the files to uh, the Iron Man suit. Doctor's like, oh, won't finish in time. I gotta buy you some time. And he just charges at them all, firing a gun. Of course, they shoot him. Uh, then the upload completes, and we get the great reveal. It is Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. It was good stuff, bro. Iconic stuff. Truly. Indeed, indeed. So, Iron Man easily defeats these terrorists, comes across the Doctor, he's, he dies. And then Iron Man makes his way out of the cave, uses his flamethrower, all the bullets they fire on him. Starts to weaken him a bit, but he's able to fly away and crashes into the desert, rescued by the U.S. soldiers. So, mission successful. Yes, mission accomplished. Yeah, that makes more sense. To quote, uh, to quote President George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. Back at home, Tony's greeted by Pepper Potts, and he wants a press conference. Tony tells the press that he saw young Americans killed with the very weapons that he created, and he's shutting down his weapons manufacturing division. And Obadiah Stane, he's the number two man at Stark. He's not thrilled about this news. He's just like... The stock. Think of the stock. And, uh, yeah, it plummets like 40%, which is mm -hmm. not not great. Yeah. And Tony's like, no, we need to... Let's go back to this arc reactor. That's what we need to focus on. And Stain's like, it's just a science project. It doesn't do anything. We just build it for the hippies. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we then cut to Jim Cramer, real paper hands, telling everybody to sell Stark <laughs> Industries stock. Yeah. Just wait till the end of the movie. Stark, Indus Stark Industries is about to uh, go to the moon. To the moon, for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Tony then uh, has Pepper install his new and improved heart reactor. Got the old one uh, engraved and encased. Little souvenir from that time you were in Afghanistan. Yes, yeah. Uh, Which Tony... will come back later, by the way. Uh-huh. So Tony, this guy, he starts a new project which appears to be the creation of the new and improved Iron Man suit. We can cut back to the terrorists. We're not done with them yet. They've recovered the scraps of the old suit. And back at Stark's, we get a montage of him building the new suit. Stane also shows up, tells him the board isn't thrilled with the direction of the uh, new company, and uh, you you might be pushed out. Someone but... filed an injunction. Yeah, he's like, the board has power, too. So then I wonder Tony... who it could be. I don't know. Some dude. Maybe it's uh, the same mythical board we heard about in 2011 WWE. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Pop. Them in the lockbox. Yes. Tony then finishes the suit, uploads his AI Jarvis into the suit. Big character for him. There's, yeah, he, this would... Uh, th- he'll become a would, big character. I was going to say, yeah, this, like, leads to a lot of extra paydays for Paul Bettany. Yeah, shout out our WandaVision episodes. Yeah. Oh, hey, killed. by the way, and I only ask because Skype is terrible, are we still recording? We are still recording. Awesome. I'm looking at that, re- looking at that file size go up and up the more we talk, so... Nice, dude. That's hot. It's not like it would end on double zero. That would be uh, real frustrating. It would be silly if that would happen. Yeah. Oh, man. Young podcasters, if you're getting into the podcast game, you will record things, and they will not record. Apparently. It's it's a guarantee. Wouldn't happen to me, though. Of course not. So, uh, yeah, we already did that. So, Tony then finishes the suit, uploads Jarvis goes for a test flight. He flies as high as possible. Suit does begin to freeze. He fixes something for the ice. And uh, Although I don't know why you need to go that high. But uh, he makes it back home all safe. And Tony then decides to paint the suit hot rod red. It's a good choice. It's a nice color for sure. Yeah. Red and yellow. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, Tony then heads to a party. And on the way in... We see uh, maybe Hugh Hefner, and Tony just says, hey, looking good, Hef. <laughs> and it is Stan Lee wearing a robe talking to two women. So hopefully he was credited as Hugh Hefner. Yeah, I think he was credited as Stan Lee, but either way. Probably. I'm going to have to, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to, uh, I mean, we keep track of all the Stan Lee cameos, but uh, I'm definitely wanting to at the end of all this, determine which was my favorite. This one so far is in the lead. Uh, at the party, the reporter that Tony slept with earlier shows, uh, you know, I, maybe she's just mad that, like, Tony ditched her, but she's uh, she's being a, being a real bee. She just shows up and shows all these photos. And it's like, look what your weapons did to this small town. It's like, well, it's not like I did it. <laughs> Um, Obadiah, he shows up also. He tells Tony, yeah, I'm the one that uh, locked you out of your company. So, 
sorry. Uh, Tony, uh, he gets, uh, he goes home. He watches the news, and he sees what's going on in Afghanistan, and he decides to suit up, and uh, it's uh, it's honestly pretty cool seeing the Iron Man suit, uh, even though the special... I mean, the CGI's good, but uh, it's better in 2021, obviously. But uh, pretty cool seeing the Iron Man suit attached to him in uh, all of its glory for the first time, the real Iron Man suit. Yeah, no, it was a... Uh... It was a good sight, like I said. Yeah, I liked it. So Iron Man, he goes over to Afghanistan, takes out all these terrorists. Very awesome scene. He's got, uh, we see all of his powers on display. He's got the energy blast from his hands, which is what he mostly uses. He's got these precision bullets, which uh, he hits with these dudes are using, like, women and children as human shields. And he just locks onto them and shoots them all in the head. He's got missiles, which was the iconic scene of him blowing up. He just shoots like this tiny missile at a tank, then turns around and walks away as the tank blows up. The um, We see another power of supersonic speed, which he avoids some U.S. jets, because they're like, who the hell's this? Let's shoot it down, because, uh, God forbid, we ask questions. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, during this whole melee, uh, we get a... Uh, Old old Buddy Rhodes. <laughs> he calls in, and he's like, Tony, you wouldn't happen to know what this uh, thing is, would you? And he's like, yep, it's me. <laughs> so please stop shooting at me. And yeah. he does save one of the pilots, to be fair. So Yes, to be fair. Back at Stark's house, Pepper Potts, she sees yeah. that he's Iron Man. It's like, oh man, Tony, don't do this. You're going to get yourself killed. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good concern to have. He just might. He just I might. Would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is definitely a good concern, like you said. Meanwhile, in Afghanistan, Obadiah Stane gets over there and he talks to the leader of the Ten Rings, and he sees how he built the first Iron Man suit, and then uh, he and his men kill all of the Ten Rings terrorists. Well, the Afghanistan chapter, not the yes. China. Not the, the China uh, one. They're the more dangerous one, I suspect. The Afghanistan chapter of the Ten Rings. I'm sorry. Something <laughs> about that cracks me. Like, it's a fraternity, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, look. I mean, yeah. It, there's more chapters. We know that. Of course. Uh, but, yeah. This this may have been one of the weaker ones. Yeah. Uh, back at Stark's headquarters, Pepper downloads a bunch of files from Tony's computer, but she's caught by Stain. Uh, he suspects something, and then once she leaves, he sees that he uh, she downloaded a bunch of stuff. So Stain goes to uh, his scientist. Shout out! Uh, <laughs> I just forgot his name from arcade. Uh, Nick. Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Nick, the uh, from from the arcade, and he's showing him the. Um, the arc reactor. He's like, I need the arc reactor to be small, much smaller. And he's like, it's just, it's just not possible. What we want, what you want to do, it can't be shrunken down like you want. And then we get Obadiah, my favorite line. He's just like, Tony Stark did this in a cave with scraps. Now do it. Yes, the uh, the the emotion showed 
is much more emotion than we saw combined from him in the Big Lebowski. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, look, you would think someone pissed on his rug. He was furious. Yeah, I mean, and look, the rug piers are not the issue here, dude. I'm talking about drawing a line in the sand. Across this line, you do not. Also, Eddie, Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature. Asian American, <laughs> please. I will. Um, real quick, since we're talking about it. My favorite I, scene. Bro, I need my, like that. that you, you've helped my mood out immensely, by the way. I, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. My favorite scene, of course, is when they dump the uh, the ashes and it blows back into them, and they just deadpan the whole thing. It's so funny that you know you mentioned that because Robert Downey Jr. was in a movie that did the exact same thing like 13 oh, years ago. Oh yes, uh, due date. Very yep. underrated. Really funny and when movie. I thought, like that's that's Big Lebowski. They can't do that. You know, that was yeah. my reaction. Well. Um... The second funniest scene that I think yeah. is very low-key is when he spends this whole time hammering this board into the floor to jam the door shut, and then they just open the door from the other side, and the, the whole thing just falls forward. Kills that... me. You're talking, about, you're talking about due date? No, no, no. That was uh, Big Lebowski. Why do I not remember this? I don't know. That is crazy. I just, you know... Obadiah Stane and Robert and uh, Tony Stark both had a dead person's ashes blown in their face from different movies. <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. Oh, man. Although, yeah, to dude, be fair, due date's at great. Least, look, look, at least Donnie wasn't enjoyed as coffee. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean... I mean, yeah, I mean... I'm going to let you was... in on a seat. I will be cremated... And if you outlive me, I will still not allow you to have a nice cup of Caleb. It's not going to happen. Well, I've, I'll I'll make this promise to you. I will not drink your ashes. Thank you. Much appreciated. You're welcome. So, um, yeah, man. Now you got me wanting to watch Due Date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh... What age were you when you lost your virginity? <laughs> like it's just a casual conversation starter. What? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> oh man, you get a? Is that a perm? Like a permanent? Oh. Bro, low key, like while we're on this side, the best, the funniest moment in the movie for me in due date is um, because you know. Ethan Tremblay the whole time is talking about how, you know, he wants to be an actor. And Robert Downey Jr.'s character is like, well, you know, do do a set for me, you know. You're a football coach at halftime. <laughs> and he's like, you guys are playing like a bunch of girls out there. What are you, a girl or something? Uh, and, then, and he's like, then Downey jumps in. He's like, okay, your wife's calling you. She, she wants a divorce. And... <laughs> He's like, oh, oh crap! Sorry, guys, my, it's my wife. She wants a divorce. <laughs> uh, such oh, an underrated God. movie. It is. Why? Why have we not seen Zach Galifianakis in the MCU yet, man? I don't know. I feel like he could be a mad scientist easily. Yeah. I think he plays the Joker in the Lego Batman movie, but I could be mistaken. 
I might do one of those. Uh, might do that. Yeah. Either way, sorry, I've taken you aside long enough. We can get back to the plot now. <laughs> it's all right. Go watch Due Date. Oh, man. I need I need to do something because I, I am still irritated. I do <laughs> love that he dispelled the myth that when you ask an undercover cop if they're a cop, they have to say yes. It's like that's not true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, always bug, that always bugged me that, like, that's an urban myth, like, if you enter your ATM pin code backwards, it tells the ATM that you're being robbed. Like, I was going to say, who came up with that? I don't know. I've seen that on Facebook a lot, and it's like, that's yeah. not true. I would assume, yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad you answered that, because until today, I kind of assumed that to be true, but I'm glad you dispelled that. Well, what if your passcode is 1221? Ooh! That's a good know. point. That, that, that's a really good point, pal. Then it just always alerts people I'm getting robbed. Yeah. It's not my ATM pin, by the way. <laughs> I would like to think you just gave away your ATM pin, and then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. No, I wouldn't do that. I work in uh, bank fraud. I'm not going to... Besides, also, here's another fact. If you write your pin on the back of your card, which never, ever, ever do... Yeah, uh, no shit. Um... If you give up your pin in any way, uh, and you're like, hey, this is fraud, no, they won't take it. They'll be like, you were careless, so, and no, that's not my pin number, so if you happen to rob me and steal my B of A debit card, you're not going to get any money. B of A, look at this guy. Yeah, that stands for BOFA. BOFA of these of... nuts, bitch! <laughs> no, Bank of America, come on. Oh. Sorry. Unprofessional. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm just in a mood. Blame blame Luke Jackson. Don't, no, don't even blame Luke Jackson, because that pitch was like at Cody Bellinger's chin. Blame Cody Bellinger. I will. I did, yeah. actually. Yes. I'd already tweeted at Bill Plaschke. Now I look like an idiot. Like him yeah, you the other night. You do because you were prematurely celebrating. Um well, my buddy, to, to be fair, my I was making fun of the, the, the Dodgers fans leaving, which they did yeah. do. They even made yeah, a point to lose, show that. Win or lose, you're still an asshole because you left early during a playoff game. Um, especially yeah. a playoff game that, you know, two runners in one swing would tie it up, which it did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've left two games early in my life. One was just an yeah. utter blowout of the Yankees. They were down like 17-3. to three. Like, Okay, we're, yeah. there's no point. And the other was uh, a Blue Jacket game where yeah. we were real bad, but we were playing Toronto. He was even worse. Yeah. And it was like 6-1. to one. And I'm like, this yeah. sucks. I'm leaving. And as we're leaving, I heard them score a goal. I'm like, oh, F you guys. Like, I'm still <laughs> so, leaving. And I'm pretty sure blame, they didn't score anymore. <laughs> I blame a couple of other people. I blame my good friend uh, Pepper, for, and that is his real name for what it's worth, middle name, but whatever. Um, I blame him for smoking a celebratory cigar in the top of the eighth inning. Bottom of the eighth is when the shoe fell off. I blame my good friend Mike because he texted me after we get that first out in the top of the, or bottom of the eighth. He said, five more outs, Braves. I, I, and I immediately said, don't ever send me that again. Look, I get it rationally. It makes no sense for me to be pissed about that sort of thing because we don't have control of the outcome. 
but we do. If you play baseball for even a month, even, you know, one season, you're just like, oh, I'm superstitious for the rest of my life now. That's cool. No, I'm not superstitious. But you are a little stitious. Yeah, I guess. Yep. God, I, the Blue Jackets gave up four goals in a period to Detroit? What the hell? Screw the, just, uh, screw the Dodgers. And I say this, and who knows, by the time this comes out, maybe the Dodgers won another World Series. We'll see, I guess. But hopefully they didn't. Hopefully they didn't even get there, quite frankly. Well, you look at my sports misery. I had a great game Monday night. Awesome yeah. win. One of the best yep. Monday night football games since, uh, what was it, Rams-Chiefs. Yep. Last play, well, not last play of the game, but basically the last play of the game. Came down to the wire, and it's like, I can't even enjoy it for 24 hours before Aaron freaking Boone is re-signed as manager. <laughs> re-signed for three years with a fourth-year option for the club. You know, I've had the MLB package in some shape or form since, like, 05, 06. Not yeah. Dropping it. Done. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm, I'm done. I know, I, I know, like, Pirates fans are like, Psh, you don't know half what's suffering. I'm, I know. You guys are way worse, but we shouldn't be. Yeah, exactly. That's the difference. You guys Here's just have crappy owners, but so do we. But at least we spend Here's the money. Thing. Misery is relative. So it's like... Yeah, it's relative me, to expectation. Like, look, like, a Pirates fan or a Mets fan would see... Mariners. W- would see what the year. Bra- they had a good year, but... Yeah, would see what the Braves have done for the better part of this millennia, and they would envy me for that. But it's like, you know, once you're in that position, unless you're in that position, and then you're like, I don't want this at all. Yeah. Just, uh, long story short, just don't root for sports. Yeah, exactly. Just don't watch sports. Yeah, just give it up. Be a scientist like Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, live a better life, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yes, uh, Obadiah is informed that they can't build it, it's too small, and uh, then the scientists are just like, well, fine, we'll go build some holograms. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., how about that? They yeah. they uh, they brief Pepper on what Stain's up to. Stain visits Tony, he uses this paralyzing machine on him to steal the device from his heart. Probably just should have shot him in the head, but he didn't. That's, yeah, I was going to say, wouldn't that be... Uh, whatever. Logic. Hey, I got to go back to uh, Arcade with uh, Seth Green. Just shoot him in the head right now. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> got to get it done. So, after... Uh, so, yeah, he, he steals the, the deal from Tony's heart. And uh, Rhodes shows up. Or, uh, sorry... Tony crawls down to the basement, gets the old reactor arc, and puts it in. Probably should uh, build a few more replicas just in case. Uh, Rhodes then shows up, tells Tony it's okay. Pepper's with some agents, and they're going to arrest uh, Stain. And he's like, "Yeah, they're going to need some more. Uh, they're going to need more agents. That's this is not going to be enough." So Tony suits up. He's in the Iron Man suit. Rhodes looks at another suit that's being built. He's like, ah, maybe next time. And, uh, next time, baby. Next time with a different actor. Yep. Next time with a nose job. Mm-hmm. 
Meanwhile, Stane has used the pieces of the old Iron Man suit to create a giant new one. And as Pepper and the agents go to the Stark lab, she's like looking around like, where is this guy? And these giant eyes just light up from the darkness. That looked awesome. And we get giant Iron Man suit. And he wipes out all of the agents. And, uh, well, one lives because he's in a TV show that I've never seen. Uh, Then Stark... So, yeah, Iron Man shows up, so we get the Battle of the Iron Men, and Tony tries his fly-up-really-high trick to freeze the big Iron Man suit over, uh, which it, it works, but uh, once he crashed to Earth, it's like, big Iron Man suit's back, and uh, he briefs Pepper on, uh, like, hey... This arc reactor, when I say so, you gotta hit this button, and basically it'll kill everything around us. Maybe me, but we gotta do it to stop, you know, Obadiah Stane, because his whole deal is, you know, Tony, you've, uh, in a, in a, uh, you've, you've tried to become the, you know, a peacemaker and stop creating weapons, but in doing so, you created the world's greatest weapon, which is a great line. So. But his targeting system's kind of messed up. And Tony's like, okay, hit the button. She does. Reactor <laughs> uh, blows everything up. Tony survives. But uh, Stain like, crashes through the roof and lands in the reactor and blows up. So he's dead. And, uh, yeah, everybody, good guys win. Yeah. Hey, what was that? Uh, was it Doom? Is that the... No, no, what's the old Disney movie that Jeff Bridges was in that got like a remake in 2010 or whatever. An old Disney Tron. Tron. Oh yeah. Tron. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I've seen the original Tron. I thought it was super boring. I loved the yeah. remake though. I thought it was pretty good. Mm. Not a re, it was a soft reboot actually. Yeah. Fair enough. So fair enough. N- news is out about the Stark incident. And Tony's about to give a press conference. What did they did they cut his music off too early or something? <laughs> no, that's a different incident. That's dated even at the time we're recording. It's going to be especially dated when this comes out. Yes, well, not for me because I was there. Fair enough. But it have I've already seen it in Columbus. Uh, yeah. He did a show there too, so I was yeah. I wanted to do it again, but it's like eh, I've already done it, so yeah. So, uh, he does flirt with Pepper a little bit, kind of makes uh, his feelings known to her. At the press conference, Tony just ditches his speech, and he's like, tell you what, here's the truth. I am Iron Man. Roll Roll credits. credits. Yes. But wait. There's more. Took a long time to get to our first post-credit scene. Now they're just going to be rapid fire. Willy-nilly. Yep. So Tony goes back home. There's a guy in the shadows waiting on him. He's like, Tony Stark. And uh, he's like... Something. <laughs> he's like, the man... Uh, he says, uh, you think you're the only superhero in the universe? And Tony's like, who the hell are you? And out of the shadows steps Samuel Sting! Jackson in a trench coat and an eye patch. Nick Fury. White face paint, baseball bat. No, no. He oh, didn't man. He, he's not all that. But oh. it's 
It's the man who will be on this podcast more than any man. Exactly. Reoccurring friend of the show, Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Nick Fury. Great casting decision here. Yep. Um, Even though he looks nothing like him, it's like, who cares? It's Samuel L. Jackson. That's that's all you need. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, Nick Fury's like a middle-aged white guy, and Samuel L. Jackson is actually older. He Mm -hmm. looks younger, but he's... God, he's... What... Tell me he's not in the seventies. Tell me he's not in the seventies, Google. I think he's in his mid seventies, dude. Google. Tell me he's not in the seventies. I mean he wasn't here in this movie. God, of course not. Seventy two. Seventy two, yep. God, he looks like he's in his fifties though. Mm. Yeah. But hey, that was Iron Man and now it's time to uh give it a grade, or not a grade, but a on a score of one to ten, ten being the best, and this was really solid. The review was pretty concise. Guys, I think we've alluded to it, spell it out for you. This is the second time we've recorded this review in full. Yeah. The movie well, goes, like we I didn't... said, you'll lose podcasts. First one was, a, we've, this is, that was our third one. The first one, which I thought this actually recording was better than the last one, because I forgot to include the poster talk in the last one. But yeah. uh, first time was a Skype issue. Yeah. Second time, it's like when you go to hit a light switch and like it doesn't come on. You look at the light switch and it only went like halfway up. That's basically what happened the second one. I hit the button, but it didn't push all the way. I don't know. Yeah. Third one, I have no clue. It said it recorded, but it, it didn't. But uh, it did yeah. now. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, by the way, net worth of $250 million. I mean, I was in a better mood yesterday, so that... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I was. We weren't distracted by sports, so that's good. Yeah. I was... I was just distracted by my own anger. I was distracted by the Titans game, so uh, yeah. Oh, round, I meant today. round two was better. Well, today yes, but uh, yeah. Hey, like I said, you can't. Well, whatever. Can't boo Rob Manfred if you swept him. I don't care about booing Rob Manfred. I just want to win. Well, I care. Well, that's too damn bad. Anyway, are you keeping your same score as yesterday? Uh, yeah. Still going eight and a half. Very good. Have. I'm going with a nine. Very, very good movie. Great way to kick off what will be... Oh, God, I forgot the freaking end credits. Uh, Nick Fury says... Well, I mentioned that, but Nick Fury says, I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. Now it's over. Mm. So, yes, yeah. uh, great way to kick off the Avenger Initiative of the uh, MCU portion. Um and it's funny, you know, Iron Man didn't have much of a cartoon presence in the 90s. He was kind of a B-level superhero. But, uh, man, these movies have elevated him to a high A and uh, really restored Robert Downey Jr. Uh, was kind of going through some stuff at the time. But, man, he is he's big time back with Iron Man. Going through some stuff, do you mean the shaggy dog? <laughs> yeah, all that, and I did some drugs, but, um, but yeah, Iron Man. It's uh, look, I mentioned it in the Spider-Man Three, Sandman, especially when he's the Sand Monster, does not translate well to movies. It looks stupid. It looks bad. It's just like Galactus. It sucks. But Iron Man is the opposite. Iron Man translates perfectly to the movies. He's built for the silver screen. It's exactly what people want in a summer blockbuster. It's, you know, the bright colors, the explosions, the the flying, the CGI, big-name stars. 
It's exactly what they want. But you know what people don't want? They don't want to pay for movies in the year 2021. But, but unfortunately, we, we have to. We have to rent this movie. Let me check real quick. Check my Blu-rays. Incredible Hulk. Yes. I do not own it, so yeah, I have to rent it. Well, luckily, there's a lot of places to rent it, but unfortunately, yeah. they're all the same price, three ninety nine. YouTube mm-hmm. TV, Google Play, Apple TV, Vudu, Amazon. I have no idea why Disney doesn't own this. I have no idea why it's not on HBO. I, it's so like stupid. Or whatever, like it should be on something. Like, I don't care how the rights work. Just figure it yeah. out. Just buy it. Who cares? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like with, I'll give you an example. Um, Impact Wrestling. Uh, you cannot find most of 2000, uh, most of 2007 or 8, or like anything from like the rest of the Spike era, which for me, 2011 and 2012 were really strong years for TNA. So it's just like, oh, I just can't see that on their network. That's cool. Well, the uh, WWE Network never had Collision in Korea because New Japan had dibs on it, too. And now, as a result, <laughs> nobody has it. That's it's, wild. It's like, man, I would love to see a WWE documentary on that. I mean, it would probably kind of maybe be bad. But it might be cool. I don't know. That was a WCW show, right? Yeah, they own the footage, so, but New Japan also owns the footage. I don't know. That would probably be a pretty good, and it may even tell all, because it wasn't actually a WWE show, so they don't necessarily have to dress it up. Yeah, but they probably won't mention how Hawk tried to kill uh, Two Cold Scorpio or whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. That's um, wild. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, of course, the Peacock doesn't have documentaries anymore. Yep. Still waiting on Lex Luger, which was supposed to drop July 4th, you yep. assholes. Yeah, yeah. Basically, guys, we're gonna get out of here. Um, screw the Dodgers. Screw Peacock. Screw North Korea. Screw Cody Bellinger. Um, <laughs> Those are all equal. Yeah. Screw all these things. Uh, I'm gonna quote Tony Stark here. I am Iron Man.